is this is a football podcast, man. Meat, football, good. Man, we talk football. We eat burgers. <laughs> Welcome back to the Fantasy Brothers Podcast. Josh Johnson and Ben Watts in the driver's seat with you talking week two fantasy football. Let's hop into it. Ben, how'd the, how'd the teams do this week? How you look? Phenomenal. Didn't win everything, but we won, I guess, most things. So we'll take it. You'll live with it. I think I want a winning. I just need a winning record. That's all I want. Yeah. I think all my redraft teams won. And I was one for three on Dynasty teams. I think that's how it came out. So Dynasty, not as hot this week, but, you know, that's how it goes. Yeah, I kept getting getting texts from you like, dude, should I just blow up this team? I'm like, dude, it's week two. <laughs> Calm down. It's a little bit early, but uh, Dynasty will do that to you. It's You are one and one. It is okay. It's a fickle mistress. Um, we've got players that are rising and falling in uh, redraft. We've also got a note for Dynasty as well. We've got our week two takeaways. We've also got a quick little preview of all the matchups in week three. So, week two, it's in the books. We have had some time to reflect. We've gotten our waiver claims in. And now we are sort of in a moment where there's a little bit of a, a dead period between week two and week three. We can sort of look back at the first two weeks and sort of see what the fantasy season has given us. Ben, sort of what uh, takeaways have you had just from week two? How good the rookies are already. Like, they are just exploding right off the bat. You got Garrett Wilson, you got Drake London, and Chris Olave are kind of like the three I've paid most attention to. And they're just they're doing phenomenal. You got Chris Olave wasn't as standout as the other two, but he's been great. He had a 74% snap share week one. He didn't do as much with it. He had three catches, 41 targets on three targets. But week two, he had 75% snap percentage, and he had 13 targets. He caught five of them for 80 yards. It's week two, and he wasn't even supposed to be the top target in his offense. You got Drake London... He's, he scored 20 points last week, 12 targets, 8 catches, a touchdown in a team that Kyle Pitts was supposed to be the predominant one, like it wasn't even close. And then, my gosh, Garrett Wilson is just burst onto the scene. He's, I thought it was going to be, I thought he was the best target in the offense, but it would take some time. Like, I knew he was more talented than Elijah Moore. But I thought, at least for this year, and especially at the start, Elijah Moore is going to be the go-to. He's going to get peppered, yada, yada, yada. That has not been the case. Elijah Garrett Wilson has come in and like just immediately taken over this offense. He had 14 targets last week, eight catches, 100 yards, two touchdowns. So like, with the target share these three rookies have had, like this is production that can be sustained. Like This is... I don't know, it's it's pretty surprising. And I mean, even Traylon Burks, he had gosh, what did he have? He had six targets last week in a really bad game. So yeah, I mean 
the rookie wide receiver perception has changed over the past few years. Yeah. They're ready a lot faster than they have been in years past. That's for sure. Yeah. Rookies are rookies are taking over. Yeah. It it's been wild to see like Garrett Wilson I definitely did not expect, but and like he's running less percentage of the routes, but his targets per route run is off the charts right now. So he's so good. Yeah, I mean Elijah Moore, some people will argue that he's still the wide receiver one, even though Wilson has more targets. Moore's running more routes, but it's it's still, I don't know, dude. I'm kind of of the opinion you can have either one of those receivers and feel good about that because like they're both really good. Um, and theoretically, that just means it'll elevate the quarterback play and they'll both sort of eat and they won't really kill each other. But I don't know. It, it's, it's been really surprising to say the least. Yeah, I. There's a reason I wanted the Falcons to take Garrett Wilson at eight. I'm happy with Drake London. He's great. But, yeah, these dude and Chris Olave is, I don't. It's just exciting. I love it. So, my takeaway is that Achilles injuries, really not that big of a deal. Uh, everybody kind of. What is an Achilles injury? Everybody kind of loses their mind about the Achilles injury. They're yeah. like it's, it's the career ender. I don't know. James Robinson, 25 touches in week two. K-Makers. He looks uh, pretty good. He looks all right. You know, maybe he wasn't the biggest athlete ever. Uh, maybe he wasn't the fastest guy in the field ever. But, like, he he's good. He looks great. He had a 40-yard touchdown run. He looks fine. Uh, K-Makers had 15 carries in week two. Sterling Shepard, he's coming off his own Achilles injury. He had 10 targets in week two. He's the best receiver on the Giants team. Kadarius Tony, who is he? Wondell Robinson, bye. Uh, Kenny Galladay, why do you exist? I don't. Yeah, what happened to Kadarius Tony, dude? I don't know. <laughs> it's we didn't we didn't put him anywhere in the notes, but like you just mentioned him, like reminded me, like my gosh. Yeah, we'll we'll stick him in there. We'll we'll make a note to talk about him. Um, that's been wild. But uh, Robinson, Acres, Shepard, I think, are sort of changing the perception of that injury. Uh, I. I I'm not sure that it is the the bane of our existence like everybody seems to think it is. I think the Achilles injury, yeah, it's a bad injury, but maybe it's more akin to like an ACL injury where there's a bit of a dip in athletic ability coming back from the injury, but it's not the career ender, the nebulous. And also the data on that injury is so honestly scarce. Like there, there have not been many players in their prime that were good consensus good players that sustained the injury and then came back after the injury so like usually if you get the injury you were kind of watched anyway at least in the players that we have to reference and they kind of just watched out it of happens the to a 29 year old running back well yeah his career's over now. right so it, it would be the same thing for like you know a 31 year old wide receiver tears his acl like yeah his career's probably I mean, that's not good <laughs> for the career arc. So, I don't know. I, I think we are seeing that the Achilles injuries maybe not that as big of a deal as we thought it was. Um, you know, when Akers initially tore his, everybody was like, well, that's the end of his career. James Robinson, he kind of tore his quietly in Week 16 last year. Everybody's like, well, all right. Uh, Travis Etienne, he's the guy to own. James Robinson, he's worth nothing. Not necessarily true. 
I'm no doctor. I can't speak to the specifics of the Achilles, but it's nice to see that when your star running back goes down to that, maybe you don't have to fully panic. I mean, you're a veterinarian. You're you're basically a doctor, right? Of sorts. <laughs> uh, so this week has given, or this year, I guess, not just week two, but this year has given us a lot of, you know, fantasy football is not good for the blood pressure. Let's put it that way. A lot of guys have it's not have risen significantly. Several guys have fallen significantly. Guys that we thought were going to be sure things have definitely not been sure things. We'll hop into those first. The guys that have really fallen down the rankings. Um, Plummeting. They, they have killed a lot of us. We'll pour one out for all of you that drafted these guys. First dude here, Cam Akers. What the freak happened in week one? Uh, obviously got. If you took him in the third round, I'm sorry. Yeah, that was a waste of a pick, honest to goodness. Uh, he did get 15 carries in week two. It didn't really turn into fantasy production. I think he only had about 45 yards. It's nice to see that. Yeah, it's good to see the coaching staff like rebounding that a little bit. It really might have been that he just got in the doghouse week one, and they said, "All right, we're not, we're not dealing with this. We're down a lot." Yeah, and and maybe. Maybe there was a chance, like I know he and Henderson were dealing with the soft tissue. Maybe a Henderson was at just ahead of him in recovery time, and the game got out of hand pretty quick for him, so it was like, you know what, no, just leave him alone kind of thing. Yeah, I think that's probably what happened. Week two, it was much more of, it was closer to 50-50. I think Akers ended up having more carries, more snaps, um, which is, I that's what I expected prior to week one, but... Um, you know, it it wasn't super amazing. I still want to see some, just a, a score eventually. I would like to see a Even big it's just a one-yard score. I need to see something. Uh, yeah, you would like to see a flash of something. He had a couple, one or two good runs against Atlanta. He had one, I think, was about 15, where he kind of, he showed good vision. He kind of burst through the hole. So it's good to see. Obviously, he's still falling. You yeah, he's hit the price tag you had to pay for Cam Akers is not going to return the value. But yeah, another guy that was being drafted in the third round, Kyle Pitts. Oh, I'm sorry. Good grief. <laughs> Should have drafted Drake London. Oh, gosh. Two catches for 19 yards, both week one and week two. Uh, people, people have been asking us, like, hey, should we drop Kyle Pitts? No, you should not. You don't drop him. Do not do that. But what should you do, Ben? I don't. You should be buying Kyle Pitts. That's what you should be doing. I would agree. Go and send some hot garbage. Go send who's a who's a waiver wire targeted. Go send Albert O. Logan Thomas. And yes, and see if the guy is just pissed off and like, yeah, give me something because I need a tight end. And now you just got Kyle Pitts for free. Yeah. You probably have to give up more than that. In Dynasty 2, it's really interesting. I was listening to a podcast earlier today where they were talking about somebody bought Kyle Pitts on the dip. They still gave up a lot. I think the trade they were giving up was like, you know, Drake London a first and uh, Pat Frymuth, I think is what they ended up giving up for him, which is, that's a lot in Dynasty. But it's still a discounted rate for Kyle Pitts because everybody's freaking out about him. I think that's, I think his, that's, oof, that's a lot. It is a lot. Because Drake London's dominating. And a first. And Pat Frymuth. Don't forget about don't forget about the Muth. 
The Muth. He's not worthless. No. Muth. So it, Pitts is interesting. I think you just got to hold him. Muth. You, you kind of just have to keep playing him, as painful as it is, because you don't have any anybody else. But, yeah, that's, that's a tough spot to be in. I have him in a league, and it's been brutal. Another guy I have in a league that's also been brutal, Dalvin Cook. Where's he been? What's Oy. up with that? Where, where he Holy at? cow. Uh, completely flamed out, busted week two. Most of that was game script, so they were just throwing the ball. I was about to say, I'm not, I'm not panicking on, on Dalvin Cook at all. No, he, he did have... He had 20-something touches week, week one. Yeah. He just didn't score, but Justin Jefferson was dominating that game and just got phased out against the Eagles. Yeah. I think it's a, the only... The only takeaway with Dalvin Cook that is a bit scarier is that he's not getting pass catching work like you thought that maybe could have happened sort of in the offseason. Like when Kevin O'Connell came in, it was like, oh, maybe maybe Dalvin Cook will catch a few more passes this year. No, probably not. Uh, they're looking to throw to their wide receivers. And uh, Irv Smith is also kind of getting a little bit of an uptick in target share as well. So uh, Dalvin Cook just... You know, Irv Smith almost had a really good game last night. He did. Night if he had, you know, caught a pass. He dropped a touchdown, basically. He had like a walk-in touchdown he dropped. Yeah, that was unfortunate. Walk, and there was nobody within 15 yards of it. Yeah. So, Dalvin Cook, I think you could, you might be able to buy low on him in your redraft leagues. Probably not, though. I'm definitely buying low. I'm still, probably not, you're right, but I, I'm definitely sending out an offer. Yeah. You're trying to go, like, the problem is, though, like, every first-round running back has sort of disappointed. Like, Najee Harris hasn't been super great. Um, let's see. Austin Eckler hasn't been amazing. Christian McCaffrey hasn't been amazing. Pretty much all of them that you took in the first round. It's been the second-round running back. If you drafted if you drafted a receiver in the first round, you're feeling really good about yourself. Yeah. If you had a late first-round pick, basically, you're having a great start to the year. Uh, C.D. Lamb. Yeah. It's it's just a benefit. It's there's no Dak Prescott. I hate it for C.D. I like C.D. We were having this conversation uh, earlier today of if you take away situation, just who are the top five just pure talent wide receivers in the league, and we we were mentioning like D.K. and C.D. like. The talent is there. Yeah. The dude is up there with Jefferson. He's up there with, you know, guys like DK, just pure talented receiver. He's just not producing. And I get Dak is out, but he's never produced at the level that you want him to. Yeah. Some of it is Dak just sort of spreads the ball around a little bit. He doesn't focus on one target. Some of it is also CeeDee Lamb hasn't really... Like if you if you have an alpha, he's got to step up. Yeah, if you have an alpha, like it doesn't matter if the quarterback wants to spread it around. If your best option is to just throw it to one guy, you throw it to one guy. Like Dak to me feels like he's going to do the right thing for the team on every play. And if Ceedee Lamb is not the right option on any given play, he ain't getting the ball. And so to me, it sort of feels like Ceedee yeah. Lamb. He he just hasn't quite lived up to expectations. And you factor in Dak just got hurt in the offense. Theoretically, he's not going to be as good. He's He is coming off, I think he had seven catches for like 70 yards with Cooper Rush, though, against Cincinnati, which is solid. I mean, that's okay. Uh, that's not killing you. But 
Uh, there was definitely some panic on him. His value's fairly depleted until Dak comes back. And even with Dak back, I'm not, I'm not convinced that that offense is really going to be able to figure it out this year. Do you buy low on CD now, or do you try and wait and see if he has a couple more bad games? In a redraft league? Yeah. No, I'm, I, don't want, I don't want him at all this year. You don't want him no. at all? No. Even when Dak comes yeah, back? Yeah, even when Dak comes back. I don't want him. Wow. I don't really want pieces of that offense. I think they're all going to end up finishing lower than what we want them to. They're all going to like, not live up to ADP. I don't think any of them will. So, let's see. If I'm, I know I just talked about Chris Olave, but if you have Chris Olave, would you trade him for CD Lamb? Straight up? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Just because. That feels like buying low to me. Like you're. Yeah, no, I mean. Especially like if you wait for him to have a couple more bad games before Dak comes back and you just get the owner just really pissed off. Yeah. And you can go get CD right before he comes back. Yeah, I think. Yeah, CD's probably going to be the number one pass-catching option. I know Noah Brown just had a big game, so everybody's kind of losing their minds about that. But CD is still the number one pass-catcher on the team. Chris Olave is probably the number... I mean, he had... See, I don't... Chris Olave is weird because, like, he's getting a ton of targets. He's just not getting, like, super high-value touches yet, I guess. Or at least he's not turning his targets into monster fantasy weeks. He had 13 targets in week two, but I think he only had like 12 fantasy points or something. So, like, I don't know. I don't I don't think the difference between Alave and CD is super huge right now. I'll be honest. Okay. Russell Just Wilson. Interesting. Everybody's losing their mind about him. Everybody's losing their mind about the Denver offense. Um, I don't know what to say about the first two weeks. For Denver, he's not cooking. They are not cooking at all. They're looking. They have looked so bad. Russell's looked bad. Coaching's looked bad. They've also dealt with injuries to the wide receiver core. I think KJ Hamler was held out for precautionary reasons in week two. Jerry Judy got hurt. Obviously, um, Tim Patrick got hurt in the preseason. So basically, it was uh, Cortland Sutton and like some backup tight ends, and that was it. So that's not good. But still, Russ Russ has not looked great. But I I don't He's cooking ramen right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh but I I do think that like he, he will figure it out. I think the whole offense will figure it out. Yeah, it'll be it'll be fine. It there there's too much talent for it to not work out okay. Yeah. Russ Russ I think has finished as a top six fantasy quarterback five of his last six seasons. You'll probably have to fact check me on that. And he was hurt last year. Yeah, he was hurt last year, so it wasn't last year. But I think he's finished top six the previous five. I'd have to double check, but it's it's something like that. Where let's, he, let's take a quick peek. I'll I'll do a quick look here. But he has been. He finished uh, number one in twenty seventeen, number nine in twenty eighteen, number three in twenty nineteen, number six in twenty twenty, and sixteen last year. Okay, so so he's like. Locked in top 10. Yes. The only year he hasn't been top 10 was his rookie year when he was 11. There you go. And he's he's 33 years old, so you can kind of do the math there. 
He's typically a very good fantasy option. He's typically a very good quarterback. He's not looked good. I think you sort of just ignore it. Like, it sucks because... It'll be fine. Yeah, we totally said you should draft him above his ADP. Maybe uh, maybe that was a little bit of a mistake. But I still... I, I really still think he's going to end up finishing like QB8, something like that. They will put it together. So, yeah. Yeah. Not not panicking. We already mentioned him, but Kadarius Tony, I don't know, dude. I don't have a clue. What is happening? I, I have no idea. But he's so good. He is, like, if you get the ball he's in talented. his hands, magic happens. and they, He's electric. They just don't put him on the field. I don't know, man. On a, Maybe he just doesn't fit the offense that Dable runs. <sighs> Do you want to know who the... Because he, he wasn't drafted by that regime. Yes, that's that's true. Do you want to know who the number one fantasy wide receiver in week two for the New York Giants was? Uh, don't tell me like Galladay or somebody. No. you I, or, I would almost bet you don't even know who this person is. His name? Probably not. Go who is his it? His name is Richie James. I feel like I've heard of him. Who else has he played for? I haven't heard of him I in know. a while. I, I literally heard his name for the first time last week. <laughs> I, I don't know who this guy is, but he I think he had eight targets in week one, and he ended up with like 12 and a half, 13 fantasy points in week two. Um, I type in James to find out who he is, and he's like the ninth player listed. Yeah, okay, so he had... He's way down I there. I was actually wrong. He, he used to play for San Francisco. Okay. He was not the... Sterling Shepard had more fantasy points in week two. I was wrong. Richie James, oh my, though... You idiot. He had six targets both week one and week two. He had, he had five for 59 in week one, five for 51 in week two. You know who did not do that? Kadarius Tony. Kadarius Tony. I don't understand. He's getting like two snaps a game. It doesn't make any sense. Um, hey, Tony had two catches last week. He did on two snaps. For zero yards. His targets per route run were out of this world, just like they were last year. He's just not on the field. I don't get it. I don't understand at all. Kenny Galladay ran. He, he played 44 snaps in week one. He played two snaps in week two. They're doing a lot of weird stuff with their wide receivers that I – it's very confusing. I, ugh, I don't fade like them it. all. I, I don't want any of them. Stop it. It's gross. All right. The guys that have risen. The guys that have... Some positive news. Yeah. Give you a little bit of sugar with your medicine. James Robinson. We don't like this one too much because there's a guy, we'll talk about him later, who we're going to have to eat some crow yeah, on. Yeah, we'll have to eat a little bit of crow today. Um, James Robinson, though, I think for pretty decent reasons... The fantasy community faded him prior to week one. It was the Achilles injury, and it was the first-round draft capital spent on Travis Etienne. I will say this, though. I did caution everybody. I said, you know, I'm not really sure about this. I don't think Etienne is the guy. James Robinson looks like he's going to eat into it. We've got receipts. I can pull them up for those who want to see it. Um, Turns out, it was even more than I was projecting. I was saying that like it was going to be, you know, ETN was probably still the number one guy, but James Robinson would do enough to make him not worth a ton. I was I was not even no, I was not bullish enough. James Robinson is the guy. 
I th- I had thought like at least some of it had to have been coach speak. I'm like, everybody loves James Robinson. He's a hard worker. Like surely they're just like talking good about this guy. Like to some extent. No, he's straight up everything they were talking about. Yeah, it it's been it's been cool. You know, I, we always knew he was a good player. Um, I'm, it's a good story. Yeah, he's he's a legit starting NFL running back. He deserves to get a second contract that pays him a lot of money. And, you know, I kind of hope that he goes somewhere else. He deserves else. to be in your fantasy lineup. Yeah, he, he, des- he absolutely deserves to be your flex at a minimum. You could make an argument he should be your RB2 in your leagues. If you took him, I took him in a redraft league, like, you know, with like the 14th pick or something. So I feel really smart. feel pretty smart, don't I you? I feel really smart because I've now got James Robinson as a flex and everybody else is like, frick. I can't find a warm body to put in my flex. And I'm like, I'm getting 15 points a week. Thank you very much. So, yeah, it's it's been a fun story. It's been a fun ride. Are you buy, buying or selling James Robinson or holding? I'm selling. <laughs> because I okay. do think, so some of this is, uh, it's been a great story. It's been a fun ride. But... They have had victory lap to a certain extent. I'm not committing to it. <laughs> right. Uh, they have had some really, really positive game scripts in their first two weeks, especially week two. Like, I mean, they jumped on the Colts and just killed them from the outset. So, yeah, what was that? There was no need to throw the ball at all in that game. And so, James Robinson, he's not I mean, the pass catching back. Good. So they he just was like 22 the of 26. And just kind of bled the clock. Yeah. I do think if they get into a bad game script, you're going to see Travis Etienne pop off a little bit. So I do think you're probably going to see things even out a little bit more as they get into their, you know, the meat, the tougher part of their schedule. But, you know, their division's not great. I don't think Tennessee's very good. They obviously just pimp-slapped Indianapolis, and Houston is not great either. So, And it's going to happen at some point. Like, this team, I feel like the... You know, they're a little bit of a pretender. They're not as good as they have been. Yeah, I I don't know. They have had pretty easy going first two weeks. I will give you that. They're playing Indianapolis. The team is not great, but they're better than I thought yeah, they were. Yeah, they're absolutely better than you thought. They're better than they, are la- than they were last year by a country mile. They're probably, I don't know, maybe not like a 500 team, but like maybe a step below a 500 team in my opinion. Well, with the Colts, with how bad the Colts are, that division's wide open. Yeah, I mean, if Matt Ryan is going to suck, like, I don't know who's going to win the division because... We just realized how crucial Michael Pittman is to that you, team. You did, because... So, like, Houston, not very good. Jacksonville, not super good. Tennessee, also not super good. But they're better, I think, than Jacksonville and Houston. But, like, if they were in most any other division they would be like the last place team in the division uh indianapolis oh yeah indianapolis is like they're okay they're probably gonna win the division i think i think they'll figure it out i i do they're kind of like the Bengals right now yeah the Bengals. oof so yeah james robinson very odd uh another guy that has uh, we were wrong we we missed we missed really bad amon ross st brown Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I didn't want any pieces of him anywhere. And I didn't. I didn't draft him anywhere. I have 
none of James Rob- or of uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. I have one league. We said the only reason he was good was because Hawkinson and Swift are out. When they come back, that's going to kill his value. Mistake. He has hurt their value some, and his value has only gotten better. He has almost been a little bit of a black hole that, like, he's the vortex around which that offense sort of operates. Just a black hole of success. Yeah, he's been fantastic. Like, he's doing stuff. That, uh, he's basically this year's Cooper Cup, where he's he's not going to give he's not going to be the overall wide receiver one. Closest equivalent, to right? Cooper Cup. Outside of being a record-setting like unicorn of a wide receiver, I'm not saying Brown has been great. Like, dude, I. He's elevated that offense to a level where it looks like that's actually a good Just offense. Just 35 points a yeah, week. They're, they look really good. And Amon Ross St. Brown is getting open. It's sort of, in real life, football opens up things for the other pass catchers. But it, in fantasy, it does mean that the other guys have diminished values because Amon Ra is the first option in the offense now, I feel like, in terms of the passing yeah, game. Yeah, when you look at that team, like DeAndre Swift, I mean, he's more or less doing what we thought he was going to do. He's been great. He's got 40 fantasy points in two weeks. And if you told me at the beginning of the season, I would have been, wouldn't have been shocked that he had 40 fantasy points after two weeks. But I would be shocked that he's the number two fantasy option on that team right now. Yeah. And it is to Amar and St. Brown. That, it, it's been, it's honestly, it's a bit baffling because I get, we just underestimated the talent. Like he's a fantastic player. And that, like I figured he's a I figured he was a good player. Like I, I watched him play like it wasn't like it was just only because the other players were out. He is a good player, but I thought like there's no way he replicates this because of who is out for the team. No, he he hurt their value and lost none. Right. If yeah, so rest of season where do you put him? Where are you sitting with him? I don't know. I don't either, but I, I think don't. I'm not. I, he's not a sell high. I don't think. No. Like I think this is the, production that's going to stick. Maybe not thirty points a week, something like that. But like fifteen a week. I for think sure. you can lock him in. Is if if he's he's going to be your wide receiver two or three. So that's phenomenal. Like he's going to give you wide receiver one production probably high wide receiver two. Yeah, I I do think that you can slot him in as probably a top twelve wide receiver. I'm not like there's a lot of people saying he's top five the rest of the year. I don't know about that. Uh, that I, I don't know. That seems a bit rich for me. The top five to me are still the top five right. of Jefferson, Cup, Diggs, Adams, Chase. Yep. But he's he's pushing that top ten right now for sure. He is. He's been a surprise. I remember we did an episode in the off season where we said out loud we have him at like wide receiver fifty. Oh boy! Oh yeah! That was that was a mistake. We missed on that one. We're we're not good at this. Why do we have a <laughs> podcast? Yeah, we, we suck. <laughs> we, we missed on that one pretty bad. Uh, Curtis Curtis boy. Samuel is another guy that kind of I, in one like he didn't really come out of nowhere because we knew he was a good player, but he was injured all last year, and all of a sudden. The commander's offense looks like it's actually pretty good. And Curtis Samuel's the leading target guy in this offense. That That's surprising. I thought Terry McLaurin would still be just sucking up all kinds of targets. Uh, Curtis Samuel, has he's been a 
a bit of a revelation for fantasy because, I mean, he was on waivers after week one. He picked him up, and then he just continued in week two, doing exactly what he did in week one. It seems like its production is probably going to stick. Yeah, not expecting maybe this high because you got Jahan Dotson kind of emerging as a really good player, and then obviously they pay Terry McLaurin for a reason. He's phenomenal. But, yeah, I mean, he's averaging 10 targets a game, so he's got that slot role. He's, yeah, he's good. He's quite good. I am, I've been impressed he's with him. A, I think you could safely slot him as your as a solid flex. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I do think he's going to be a good flex <clears throat> rest of the season. But I do think that, like, this, it's, a, it's in a weird situation where it's like the perfect recipe for fantasy success because their defense is not as good as we thought it was. Um, and Carson Wentz is probably a little bit better with the weapons that he's got than we thought he was going to be. So that yep. means the offense is probably going to put up pretty decent statistics. The defense is going to be pretty bad. They're going to be in bad game scripts and have to throw the ball. And Carson Wentz is good enough that if they have to throw the ball a bunch, he'll put up numbers means the wide receivers are going to be valuable in, you know, 50-60% of their matchups. As long as the other team is putting up points, they're going to have to score. And that means that both Samuel, Wentz, McLaurin, Dotson, they're all going to be valuable. Yeah, for sure. I will say, though, we haven't... Speaking of Carson yeah, Wentz. Yeah, we have a note for him. We kind of covered him, but I, will, I would say you should sell him high. Yeah, I think, did I say this in an episode, or was it kind of a side conversation between us? But, I mean, just with the schedule that the commanders start out with, it's really favorable. So after, like, week three or four, you should probably find a QB needy team and sell Carson Wentz to him. Yeah, I agree. Also, a lot of people that lost Dak Prescott, they picked up Carson Wentz, and I think that's a that's pretty solid. Like, in that situation, I would not sell yep, him high. That's, that's good. Yeah. No. If you already had a quarterback that you drafted and you picked up Carson Wentz off waivers to be like a QB2 or something and sold him to the guy that lost Dak, brilliant. Great, great stuff. Um, uh, you know, the Trey Lance owner, that's a guy that you could sell Carson Wentz to as well. So Carson Wentz is, I think, a great, like, as you see a need in your league, try and fill it with Carson Wentz. And whoever that manager is is probably going to, They'll probably talk shop with you. They they might do a deal with you. So Wentz is interesting, but you know if you lost Lance, if you lost Dak, and you picked up Wentz off waivers, you probably keep him. You probably just roll with him the rest of the year. Yeah, man, there's nothing wrong with that. He'll he's he's always been a fine fantasy quarterback. Like even when people were hating him last year as a real life guy, he was still putting up fantasy numbers like twenty something points a week. So. Yeah. We've got a quick uh, dynasty note in here. We talked about that whole Jacksonville Jaguars backfield. I, I kind of want to ask you this, Ben. So all of this has been redraft heavy up to this point, but strictly for dynasty, for that long-term outlook, how are you feeling about Travis Etienne? Because he's not done a whole lot week one, week two, and a lot of his value is predicated upon people thought he was going to be the RB1 in the offense. It's definitely not been the case. So has your view of him changed? Are you dropping him down, or are you trying to buy him? Where are you at with him? Yes, and yes. He's dropped down a little bit. Like Obviously, he has to because James Robinson is better than we thought he would be coming off the Achilles. That being said, like 
again, you're in Dynasty. I'm not panicking. If redraft, yeah, I'm panicking on Travis Etienne. I'm not in Dynasty. He's 23 years old. He's This is only his second ever NFL game that he's played. Yeah. So, yeah, it's 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 not panic mode. I'd buy him if you can. Get him low. See if the ETN owner is kind of scared of James Robinson because they're the same age and see if you can get a deal done for pretty cheap. Yeah, that's that's about what I feel about for him. So I I think Robinson, I think his contract's up after this season. If I'm is that is that right? I'm not I'm not hundred uh, percent sure. I, don't I think he is up for an extension after this season. I don't know. Um this would be his third year. It would be his third. third year in the league. He was a UDFA. Yeah. I'm not 100% sure how that contract works. He'll be going works. into year four, I think. Yeah. So I'm not 100%. I think, I think his contract's up after this year. I'm not 100% sure on that. That You'll have to vet me on that. But regardless. We don't do our research for the show. <laughs> yeah, we, we do some. Uh, I, I do think that ETN is the long-term answer to the backfield. It, it's it's even, even as the, just as the organization, as great as James Robinson is, he is a UD, an undrafted free agent, whereas you have first-round capital invested in the ETN. So I still feel like when it comes down to contract time, they kind of have to go or lean ETN. Yeah. All right, let's hop into – we're going to just do a quick little preview of each matchup coming up in week three. First off, the Thursday matchup, Pittsburgh-Cleveland. Um, this is an awful Thursday night game. This is bad. I'm, I, I don't even... This is terrible. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch it, but I don't know if I'm going to want to watch it. I don't want to watch this game. Yuck. So, yeah, I I don't even know who I would pick. I, I guess Cleveland? Question mark? I'm going Pittsburgh. You're going Pittsburgh? You're just trying to make Jake happy. Yeah. That's what you're doing. No, I, I get great enjoyment from pissing off Jake. Well, fair point. I, but I'm still going to go Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah, weird weird matchup. I don't I mean it, all the guys that you've got, you know, Najee Chubb. Eventually, I think I'm hoping Kenny Pickett could get some time yeah. here really soon. They were calling for him last week. Um Yeah, I mean, Pittsburgh's defense is good. Cleveland's defense is pretty good. These are two bad offenses. I, uh, I just don't like it. Yeah. Uh, Sunday, New Orleans, Carolina. I will take the Saints. Carolina does not look great. I will I will take the Saints as well. Hopefully Camaro's back for that game. I think he was limited in practice today, so that's good news yeah. there. Well, I mean, I'm sure we'll release another episode before Sunday, so we'll have probably more secure information on that. Um, Houston, Chicago. Where do you go here? I think I take... Houston. You take Houston? Yeah. I don't know, dude. I mean, Chicago, I guess, didn't get massacred by the Packers, so that's good, didn't right? did lose 27 to 10? Not as bad as it could have been. <laughs> it could have been 45 to nothing, I guess. But. Not as bad as they have been in the in the past. Yeah. I don't know, dude. I like I like the running game. Running, sorry, I had the hiccups. I like the running game for Chicago. Montgomery looked really good last week, so 
I don't know. I'm gonna. I'll go Chicago. Why not? Fair enough. Kansas City, Indianapolis. This was pretty easy. Kansas City. I think we we may have differing opinions on this one. What? No, I'm gonna go Kansas okay. City. Gonna blow <laughs> I was like, out. You've got to be kidding me. After that goose egg, you cannot no. seriously pick the Colts. Colts did not look good. No, this is gonna be a run runaway for Kansas. The City. Colts. Not the Colts look close. like they're about to start 0-2-1. They had... They're not... You think... They're not winning this no. week. They... If you get shut out by Jacksonville, they're... Oh, my gosh. You deserve to lose to anyone if you get shut out by Jacksonville. That's just the rules. <sighs> they they have not looked great. They, uh, th- like, somebody's going to make the playoffs from that division, but my gosh. None of them look like playoff teams. This could be like the NFC East from a couple years ago where, like, nobody has a winning record. Yeah. Like, honestly, the the team that comes out of that division gets a wild – or I guess won't get a wild card spot. They'll get a bye because they'll be a division winner. That's shameful. <laughs> well, no, I, they don't get a bye, do they? They just get a home game. That's what it is. No, the, the one seed gets, a, gets right. a bye. So they'll play in the wild card, but they'll have a home game in the playoffs. That's – Gross. They're they're not super. They don't look very good. Uh, Buffalo, Miami. Where do you go this one? This is actually interesting. After last week, I would still go Buffalo. I'm still rolling with Buffalo, but like, I guess what I'm saying is the game as a whole is more interesting. Yeah, I don't think that it'd be more fun to watch. I'm not picking. I'm not picking against Josh Allen in any game this entire year. Which means a couple times I'm going to be wrong. I'm assuming they lose one or two games. Yeah. But I am not picking against Buffalo ever. Yeah, they look fantastic. Miami looks like they they have what it takes to win the majority of their games. They look like they could be a playoff team. Baltimore was not a bad team. Problem is Baltimore's Tua, defense is Tua not Tua is very not good. throwing six touchdowns no, a week, though. That is not going to happen. But Baltimore's defense is also not very good, I don't think. At least their secondary is yeah. not very good. So some of that is like... Got smoked. Yeah, Miami's got great pass catchers, and Baltimore has a below average secondary. Buffalo's got a great secondary. They've also got a great pass rush, great linebackers. They're good at all three levels. Um, they're fantastic. I, I would pick them as well. Uh, Detroit, Minnesota. Where do you go here? This one looks like it might be actually in, pretty interesting. You know what? I'm, I'm going to go with Detroit. I think they got it. I do not. I would go Minnesota. I think, I think, this, team, I think this team's hungry. I, I think they're hungry too, but sometimes hungry people don't eat. I I think they I think they do it. I don't know. I'm I'm not convinced. I do think Minnesota will bounce back a little bit. Amonra Amonra got a big game. You got uh, Swift's gonna have a big game. Jared Goff doesn't look bad. I think they could do it. Here's the thing. Both of these teams have played the Philadelphia Eagles, and both of these teams were made to look silly by the Philadelphia Eagles. Granted, Detroit successfully came back and made it close in the end, but they were getting beat like 31-10 to 10 at one point. So um, both of these teams have looked very bad playing against Philadelphia. I am... As of right now, Detroit's offense looks a little better than Minnesota. That's why I... Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess top to bottom, they have more weapons. I don't know. It, I w- I'd still go Minnesota here. Uh, Baltimore, New England. This one feels fairly cut and dry. You go Baltimore here. Yeah, give me, give me Baltimore. Yeah. Uh, fairly easily. Cincinnati versus the Jets. 
maybe not as cut and dry as you would think. You would have, you would have thought this would have been cut and dry at the beginning of the season. But my word, um, I, I still go Cincinnati. I picked Cincinnati twice so far, and so far I have yet to been right. Yeah, I, I picked Cincy last week too. I'm gonna go with them a third time. It, it just feels like they've got to figure it third out. Third times the charm. They're too good. They have too many good players. I don't understand the offensive line. I'll be totally honest. Like. Joe Burrow's getting sacked more than he was last year. He's on pace to get sacked like a hundred something times. I don't understand. I re- I have no clue. Cause they, I mean, they signed not just one guy. It was they brought in like three or f- they have four new starters on the offensive line. And one was Lyle Collins. Yeah, who's he's a good player. You know, they brought in Alex Kappa from um, who was it? Tampa Bay. He's a very solid guard. Like they have. I don't understand. I mean, they were playing backups last year. Their offensive line was a team of backups. This year, it's it's like a good offensive line, and they just haven't put it together. I don't know what the deal is. Maybe some of it... They'll gel eventually. Some of it might be just that they've played TJ Watt and Micah Parsons, and they're superstars, and so the O-line has struggled. You can also tell like this team did not play in the preseason. Oh, like, yeah. None of the starters got yeah. action. It shows. Yeah, they're they're a bit rusty. So, I, I'll go Cincinnati. I do think it'll probably be closer than you would like it to be, but I would go Cincy here. I think the Jets could end up, like, getting down a bit and then coming back and making it close. Yeah, the Jets beat them last year, I think. Yeah, they did. They did. That was that was the week that Michael Carter had, like, 30 fantasy points, and Mike White was incredible, and everybody kind of lost their mind a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that was wild. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Vegas versus the Titans. I go Vegas. I want to say Vegas. I feel like Tennessee eventually has got to have a good game, right? No. Like, I know they don't look good, but I, I'm yeah, I'm picking Vegas. I don't think Tennessee's very good. I think that they are like a wolf in sheep's clothing. Or no, a sheep in wolf's clothing. That's what they are. They like Everybody wants them to be really good, but they're just not. I just don't think they're that good of a team. They are Derrick Henry and... Derrick Henry doesn't look and good. And nothing else. And, well... You lost A.J. Brown and... The offense kind of just shut yeah, down. Yeah, and their offensive line is not very good. Taylor Lewan got hurt last night, too, and he's their best offensive lineman. Oh, yeah, he did. They are they just don't have good players. They don't have a pass rush. They have literally Jeffrey Simmons, and that's it. And opposing teams are doubling him. Their offensive line is not very good. Ryan Tannehill's a limited quarterback. I mean, if you give him weapons, he's good, but they just don't have weapons, so he's not good. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think that they're great. Granted, they are coming off a date with Buffalo, and Buffalo makes a lot of good teams look bad. So there's that. Buffalo, how often do you see starters get pulled in the third quarter? Not very often. Not often in the Not very often. Uh, Philadelphia versus Washington. I go Philly here. Speaking of A.J. Brown. Yeah. This one's going to be close, though. Yeah, I'm taking think I think Washington gets down a fair bit and then comes back in garbage time. I saw... Somebody, I'd be curious to see what you thought, say that you could have seen the two teams that are in the Super Bowl on Monday night in the Eagles and the Bills. I'm Obviously, the Bills, are you sold on the Eagles after two weeks? I think that they're a really good team. Here's the deal. They have a great offensive line. They have a dual-threat quarterback. They've got a fantastic running game, and they've got great weapons on the outside. they got A.J. Brown. they got Devonta Smith. And they have a good tight end in Dallas Goddard. So, like... You have to 
basically spy the quarterback. Otherwise, he's going to run for 100 yards. Um, you have to stack the box. Otherwise, they're just going to run the ball down your throat. Oh, and you also have to bracket A.J. Brown and pay attention to Devonta Smith because they will kill you if you just let them go on an island on one-on-one because you're worried about the running And game. Dallas Goddard. And Quez Watkins had like a 60-yard touchdown, so he's nothing to scoff exactly. at either. And on the other side of the ball, they've got a good defensive line. They've got a lockdown corner in Darius Slay. Um, they're, they're a really good team. I think that's what they are. Like... The sum they are going to make the playoffs. Absolutely, this year. they're going to probably win that division going I, they're away. They're going to win that division. Yeah, yeah. the The sum of those parts is great. Like they are, they are a great. It's all-around hard team. for me to. It's hard for me to pick them over Tampa or the Rams just yet, but they're going to be that team. Like you, you, you don't want to face them come playoff time. Like this, they're going to hit you in the mouth. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Yep. Yeah, they'll be solid. Um, Jacksonville versus the Chargers. I think this is where the uh, the great run Jackson, Jags. Jacksonville's about to come to a streak, screaming halt right yeah. now. I will say, though, like if Justin Herbert doesn't play, this could be very interesting and probably a lower-scoring close game. Uh, if Herbert plays, though, this could get... I, I could see this getting pretty ugly. I've, I'm hearing he should play, but... I also wouldn't be stunned if you're the Chargers. If he has the sit, this is the best week to do it. Granted, they lost to Houston last year, so, and they're in that division where like you cannot take a single week off. You need to get all the wins you can get. Yeah. Um, You've already you're already behind the eight ball because you lost to the Chiefs, so you, everything counts. Yeah, right every now. single one of them counts. I, yeah, Chargers again. This one is one of those like you just start all your studs and. You know that you hope they have a. If Herbert plays, definitely Chargers. Yeah, yeah. you hope they all have a little bit of a bounce week fantasy wise as well. Uh, Rams Arizona. This one's pretty fascinating. I would go Rams here. Um, Arizona feels they got the win against Las Vegas in week two, but they looked really bad for about three and a half quarters. Um, it took a miracle. It it really did. They ended up making it happen, but they just don't look amazing. And Kyler Murray, I'm not convinced. You know, in terms of like NFL quarterbacks, real life, not take the fantasy part of it out. Kyler Murray, I'm not convinced about. In fantasy, he's obviously great, but it's it's a little bit different when it comes to wins and losses in the NFL. Uh, he, in that second half, he looked like the money you paid him for. He was gutsy. He brought you back, got you in the overtime. So, but up to this point, he's been very mediocre. Yeah. Where do you, this, where do you go with that one? Uh, probably Rams, but it's a lot closer than you want it to be. Yeah. The, just because the Rams don't, it's I'm picking the Rams, but it's it scares me to pick them just because they don't look great right. right now. They they looked a lot better in week two. They're I think they'll be fine. <clears throat> uh, the Battle of the Birds, Atlanta, Seattle, gross, yuck. Hey. <laughs> I don't know, dude. Like, neither one of these teams are very good. I found this on the web. What in the world? Um, Get shut Siri up. <laughs> Siri just... <laughs> oh, my God. Siri just pulled up an article about the it's Eagles. Very, unpro- very <laughs> unprofessional, Josh. Um, we are recording right now. Yeah. Atlanta, Seattle. I don't... I guess Seattle. 
but I don't know. No, I'm picking Atlanta. Yeah, that's, it's gross. I, I don't know which team wins. Kyle Pitts finally has a good game. Lord, I hope so. Every All the Kyle Pitts owners rejoice together. That would be great. DK Metcalf might get himself a good week, too. That'd be cool as well. Hopefully they put uh, A.J. Terrell on him. He'll have a great week. <laughs> How did A.J. Terrell do last week? I didn't even pay attention. I didn't either. <laughs> um. Green Bay, Tampa Bay. I actually, I didn't. I don't think I got to see the game because it wasn't. Uh, it was in L.A., so it wasn't a regional oh, okay. game. Okay. So I couldn't watch it. Rough. Um, Green Bay, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay has. Tampa. They've got no pass catchers. They just signed Cole Beasley. Green Bay also has no pass catchers. Yep. All of theirs are healthy though. Green Bay does not look good. Green Bay hasn't looked great, but I think they're they they finally I think have their identity. It is. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. They're just going to give them the ball a ton and, you know, sort of just ride them a little bit. I don't know. I, But that doesn't feel like anything Tom can't handle. Yeah, I I would lean Tampa Bay in this one as well. Tampa Bay also has a great The run running defense. backs are going to have good weeks on both sides because there's no wide receivers in Tampa Bay right now, so playoff Lenny's going to... He's going to have himself a day. And then, obviously, like you said, Jones and Dylan. Yeah. I, I I guess I lean Tampa Bay, but I'm not very convinced in that pick. I like the defense for Tampa better. So Sunday night, San Francisco, Denver. Denver's obviously looked terrible. Yuck. They're in prime time, though. The 49ers probably have a little bit of an upgrade now with Jimmy Garoppolo coming back, starting for them. <laughs> You're darn right they got an upgrade. <laughs> Um, I don't know, dude. I think I'm going the 49ers. George Kittle might be back. I think so too. That ugh. I don't really have conviction. You know in how that, good that is for George Kittle's fantasy if he comes back and Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback it, now. It looks like he's amazing. He's going to be a top four tight end. Yeah, looks awesome. This is great news. Great news for the Kittle owners. You were kind of wringing your hands a little bit with Trey Lance. Now it's like, oh yeah, okay, Kittle's great. Lock him in. I feel like the as far as San Francisco as a whole, the only fantasy value Trey Lance brings is for himself. Yeah, no. He hurts everybody else. Jimmy G elevates everybody. Else. Yeah, so all the fantasy options now that Jimmy G is the quarterback, I think they just revert to what they were last season. So Debo Samuel is probably not like a top five player in fantasy, but he's certainly top ten. Um, Brandon Ayuk is probably a top 20 wide receiver, and George Kittle is a top five tight end. I wouldn't go 20 with Ayuk yet. Oh, you're not there yet? No, not to, not top okay, 20. Okay, top 30. We'll we'll say he's a I'll give you I'll give you top, top 30, 30 wide receiver. Um Yeah, I where where do you land picking that game? I I think I'm going San Francisco. Weird. It it feels wrong, but I think it's right. I think I think it feels wrong, but I really think they rally behind Jimmy G. They like him. Yeah. Oof. Uh, Sunday or Monday night, Dallas versus the Giants. This is gross. Um, <laughs> That's almost as bad as the Thursday night yeah, game. Yeah, I hate it. Uh, I don't know where you're at with this, but I will take the Giants. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yuck. I don't know. The Giants, I guess, are a more complete team right now. Yeah. They have the best quarterback in this game. They have the best running back in this game. 
Micah Parsons scares me. I feel like he can just absolutely wreck the Giants game plan. But also, I, I feel like know. Cooper Rush can also wreck Dallas's game plan. Yeah, I'm going to go the Giants, but I have zero confidence in it. Yeah, I, I don't either. Like, it, it feel, like, if Dallas can beat Cincinnati, they can absolutely beat the Giants. The issue is, I think the Giants are not going to, like, show up and lay eggs like they did last year. They, they seem like they're much better coached and prepared. All the yeah. all the wide receiver snap weirdness aside, like they just they look like a much better team this year. Granted, they're limited. Like they just they have a ceiling, but I feel like if a team plays down to them, they'll lose. Yeah, maybe maybe Dallas is riding that high of you know beating Cincinnati, so they're kind of they're coming down. I yeah. don't know. I'm I'm gonna go Giants, but it's like. I'm like 51%, 49% for the Giants kind of thing. Yeah, it's it's pretty weird. Um, that'll do it for this episode of the podcast. Um, if you enjoyed it, share it with a friend. Leave a review. Follow us where you can do that. Uh, check us out on Instagram at fantasybrothers underscore. We just hit 12,000 followers over there, Ben. I don't know if you knew that. Let's go! I did. It's good stuff over there. We got a big community. Yes, full transparency. Josh does most of the posting because that's what he's good at. I don't really know what I'm doing <laughs> with that, but I I do keep track of it. Yeah, so. just hit twelve thousand. Good job, Josh. We're I'm, recording this. I like it on a uh, Wednesday, so it's a fun time over there. We got a big community growing. Um, we have a link over there to a Discord community as well. It's like sixty members grow, going strong. Start sits questions. We answer those in there. Uh, have a group. You know, if you if you're doing a trade, drop that in the Discord. We can kind of talk with talk through that with you. But that'll make fun of you. Yeah, for absolutely, it. give you all kinds of crap. That's that's what we're because that's how you grow your page. Is you just ridicule exactly. I came to these guys for help, and they made me. Cry. <laughs> that's isn't that what everybody does? Deal with it. Be a man. This is fantasy. Shut up. <laughs> That'll do it for this one. We'll see you next. Well, no, we'll see you later this week. We'll do another one before Sunday, but uh, we'll see you later this week. Diving into week three, all kinds of madness. Goodbye. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Brothers Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode and want to connect to us, follow us on Instagram at fantasybrothers underscore or on Twitter at fantasybros underscore. If you want to support the show, you can do that at Patreon forward slash fantasybrothers.